welcome back to the Nature and Us podcast. It's Ellie Shepherdson, the curator of the exhibition, and I'm joined by um, Anna Clough. Um, I'm also studying at Manchester, um, second year fine arts student. Great. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about your work and introduce how you work and your practice and everything like that. So we'll kick off with the question: um, Can you describe your artwork and your practice for people who may not already know your work? Um, well, I'd say I have quite a multidisciplinary practice. Um, I think I like to explore like the human perceptions of our surroundings and how humans can view uh, like a space and how that space can then become like a rural space. Um, I'd also say a strand in my practice is investigating what painting is. Um, so in my most recent works, I explored its uh, perceived similarity between walking um, because they both provide grounding and they both have um, gestural tactile qualities. Great. Um, you mentioned, I like, well, I mean, I, when we've discussed it before, you wanted to push what painting is. Um, so what, how, what do you mean by push what painting is? What, what, how do you mean that? Like, I know we've just talked about it before that you wanted yeah, yeah. to push that so <laughs> no no yeah yeah um, I think well I think it's really interesting when you look back at the history of painting how it's always adapted like it, how it's gone from being purely paintings about uh religion to then moving on to like Canaletto's view paintings and then those view paintings then translating into landscapes and then with what the romantics did um I, I think it's really interesting how painting has sort of been a cultural recorder throughout the whole of our um human well modern well when I say modern I mean like yeah. from the Romans um existence uh I think I view painting as like a like a recipe of different things sort of like composition and gesture and I, I'm really interested in taking apart one of those aspects and pushing that so like does does a painting have to be on a canvas does a painting have to be exhibited on a wall um just yeah 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 that's great thank you I realized that I didn't ask that question well at all <laughs> but thank oh, you no, it's fine it's well. fine <laughs> <laughs> I always stumble over my words to try and I don't know yeah <laughs> um, so are there any theories that contribute to your practice at the moment oh yeah definitely so um I've read Vibrant Matters by Jane Bennett, which I would 10 out of 10 recommend to anybody. Um, and she talks about how all matters are equal. So if you look at uh, like a leaf on a tree, you'd look at that and you'd be like, oh, that's really pretty, that's beautiful. But then you'd also recently, like you'd walk over it and you wouldn't put any value on that because it's underneath your foot. Um, and she says that if we want to solve the environmental crisis, we should view all things equally and not not in a sense that we're all one, but in a sense that, like a cake, so like say, um, like if we were flour and that leaf was sugar, you both, you need them in an equal amount, well not an equal amount to make a cake, but they're both equal importance to have the end um, product. Uh, I've also been reading um, Hyper Objects by Timothy Morton, which I would also recommend, um, which is about how all the ecosystems are linking together, sort of similar to Bennett, but not more expanded. Um, not Yeah, again, not in a sense that we're all one and nothing matters. I don't think it's quite as existentialist as that, but um, yeah, just as how 
if you were to put a bit of dye in the ocean in France, that would affect the seas in Scotland through, yeah, that sort of thing. But then coming back to painting, because I do think as an artist, my work is always predominantly going to be about the discipline that it is. So I think any of my paintings are first and foremost about paintings. And um, essay that really inspired me is Painting Beyond Itself um, by, oh my gosh, I've just gone blank, David Jossler, um, which just talks about how, uh, like we were saying before, how you can push forward painting. And um, it also talks about, well, yeah, it talks about like how painting has um, like things coming out of it and you can put like how, how it can relate to the outside world. Like, so you can have a painting outside itself and a painting inside of itself. I'm not explaining it very well, but if it is of interest, go and read the essay. And he also has YouTube videos and um, if that's of interest uh, to anyone. Uh, oh, also as well, um, I find it really interesting to like read mountaineers reports and like to watch documentaries about um, people like humans that have been in nature that have pushed themselves to the absolute limit. Um, I think people like Jimmy Chin, um, his, well, I, I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen it, you know, Free Solo, the documentary. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, I think it's on Netflix, I'm not sure, but it's very, it's very, it's about this, this guy, Alex Honnold, and he climbs to the top of El Capitan with no ropes or anything, and it's like, oh my god, that is crazy behaviour, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's madness. <laughs> I find it really interesting, um, yeah, when humans push themselves like that, but yeah, I guess through all of that, I, I just think that humans, we need to view the spiritual and physical sides of our green spaces with identical respect if we want to end the Anthropocene at least. Um, I think our relationship should definitely be a symbiotic one but I think we've become too scared of nature and it's now become like an unknown if that makes sense. Yeah yeah I definitely I definitely can understand that yeah people are like getting more used to city living and not mm. having effects and things aren't they? Yeah yeah I think it's really I don't I don't know if that's we come from because you know how you can just do online shopping you you walk in a park which has been curated I think it's really contact is becoming, like reality contact is becoming less and less isn't it we're not having to contact other people we can do stuff from our phones and not talk to anyone that distance is becoming bigger and bigger as time goes on yeah definitely I think that's definitely increased in the pandemic but then also like on the other side I think people are going out and walking a lot more so I think it's I don't know if we're connecting in the right ways or just viewing it as like a spiritual escape rather than as like a not like a farm but like how a farmer would view nature yeah yeah definitely like people are using it at the moment as like um like almost like a privilege like their time off sort of thing when this like nature is like a constant it's there constantly it's not just there for holidays and things is it mm, yeah yeah yeah, it's so true. You just view it as, right, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to feel better, which is lovely and is great and amazing. But I think it's also important to realise that, well, yeah, like you say, it, there's so much going on, like how the flowers are growing or why that fox has decided to live there and not there. It, it's, yeah, I think it's not, it's not just us that appreciates it, which sometimes we fall into the trap of. 
yeah definitely definitely I love that um cake analogy that you just used that was very I <laughs> like that definitely I'm gonna have a look at that book when we finish this <laughs> um, so you mentioned the Anthropocene um that's quite like I feel like I've only just found out about that in my studies and that's through my own interests um can you give us a little bit more for people who might not know what that is on that on what that means yeah, of course. Um, there's a book called The Anthropocene of Us, no, and Us. Um, I can't remember who the author is, but I'm sure if you search that, you'll be able to find it. Um, so basically, it's so like we were in the Holistocene, which is like a geological movement, and um, because humans have put out so much carbon, we've come into a new one. So hence, anthro, like a human, and so like the geological movements would be like like there was one of the dinosaurs. And then there was the big um, meteorite and then all the carbon went up. I think that's this is right. I'm not entirely sure. I just know that now because of the industrial revolution and everything that's happened, um, we're now in like a new geological movement, right. uh, which is going to, which isn't, isn't good news basically. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just going back to the question before last, um, we I think like we said we've become scared of nature why do you think people are becoming more scared of nature do you think it's like what what do you think has caused that I know like that's probably a big question and quite difficult to answer but like why do you think people are starting to get that um I think going back to what we were saying before about how it's almost become alienated and a sort of like purely a source of oh I'm gonna go out on a walk and I think I, I think technology has really pushed that. I think it's very, you can just be on your phone and you can do everything. There's no connection with like your food or your house. Like you get, you move into a house, you've not built that house. You don't know where those materials have come from. You look at the food on your plate and you know, they've come from Sainsbury's or wherever your designated shopping space is. Um, yeah. And I think there's such a disconnect there with what nature can do with us for us scientifically and that we are a part of we are a part of an ecosystem I think there's so much I don't know how like I think humans maybe view themselves well from my perspective as being so there's we're up here and then nature's below us yeah not like a god but sort of a higher spiritual being and I think that that has caused us to become not maybe scared isn't the right words but um alienated definitely from what it is because people are scared to go oh I've got muddy shoes I don't like this or oh it's raining I'm not going to go outside and because it's it's an uncomfort and why why would you want to go outside and get wet and muddy when you could stay inside and be warm I don't know if that makes sense yeah it does yeah like like definitely there is a separation people think that I think a lot of people feel that we are separate from nature itself like somehow we are not related to our, the animals around us and things like that we're just somehow we're not related at all and we're completely different and we'll survive on our own when we that's not the case at all yeah definitely I don't know if it comes from the Victorian times or what I think social media has um massively increased it uh, because it's like oh I've got a perfect world I'm an individual and look at all these things that I'm doing and it's sort of people don't want to talk about it as much maybe yeah, I have actually been having a conversation with another artist who's actually mentioned that like nature is sort of, def this is linked to the social media, like people like taking pictures of nice, perfectly looking green spaces 
and that's just that post even though they they visited like once and they didn't really engage with it they just took pictures of it and it was about yeah. that perfect look to it like in the yeah. sun yeah. yeah which is it's so interesting because you, you take that photo and you don't realize that that is like I mean I, I don't know where they might have taken it but it, like for example if you were to be in the late district and you were to take a photo like that's such an industrial landscape of all the mining and the walls which were built by prisoners of war and all the farming that like we have we've almost curated the nature and yet we're scared of it I, 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 it's so strange to me yeah it's, it is it is very it's a very odd idea isn't it mm. so mm-hmm. in terms of scale is that important to your actual work um at all because I know that some people find it quite symbolic to work with certain sizes or certain structures do you are you mm-hmm. finding that in your work at the minute um I don't think so in terms of size as such um I mean, when I, I recently made some sculptures and I thought it was quite important to imitate the size. So I made them of like signboards and notice boards. I thought it was quite interesting to mirror the sizes of what they would be in actual, um, well, <laughs> in real life. Um, but I don't think so, really. Um, I think what I want for my work is to reach as many people as possible, um, which is hence why I think... Um, this is so amazing because the internet and everything it can it, even though what we were just saying about social media and how it's not good but then I don't know because I think it opens up our discipline and make, means it can um it's so much more accessible um yeah. I, I think in terms of scale I think yeah as many people as, as, to reach <laughs> as many people as possible <laughs> yeah that's great so you Anna do loads like because whenever I've asked you like you've always seemed to do loads of extra bits with your art like whenever you <laughs> exhibited loads so uh, you're part of Gypsophilia Collective aren't you um, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, it started with well it was still yeah it started with um, myself um, another artist called Grace Duncan um, and another one called Yvonne Mulnery um, and we all have a passion about the environment um, and we wanted to make art and put on shows and events that draw people's attention to the climate crisis um, for us I think starting the conversation and educating people was more important um, from what we could do on our skill sets um, I think it's always there's like a personal side and an artist side and personal it might be more activism but I think with Gypsophilia it's much more looking at it from an artistic point of view first. Um, yeah, um, we, we've, um, unfortunately because of the pandemic, we've not been able to do as much as we've wanted in terms of public engagement. Um, but we released a zine and we're working on another one, um, which we think, yeah, it's got interviews with it from um, Youth Strikes Manchester. So I guess it's just having that information alongside art and just to start a conversation with that, yeah. Is your zine like available online? Can you see that online? Yes, uh, you can. A uh, little plug: um, if you go to our Instagram, uh, which is at Gypsphilia Collective. No, at, at Collective I think. Well, um, you can attach that into your um, exhibition um, area, so that if that anyone wants to check it out, they can just go straight there for you to see that. <laughs> that's bad. I actually know what that is. That's um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
just like I know that you've already, we've already talked about it quite a bit, but just to elaborate, um, is there a specific effect you intend to create with your work on viewers? Is there something that you want particularly people to take away from your your practice and work? That's a that's an interesting question. I I think it's it's always really hard because as much as I'd want like the viewer to be like right, this is what you have to think about my work, but I can't control that, and that's completely up to them. Which I think is what's so lovely about our academic discipline is that it's accessible to everyone. Everyone can view it on any level, and anyone can have a different perspective of a thing, which I think is so interesting. And um, I think on that, I think that's what I want to use my art for to start a conversation, uh, whether that's about what painting is in the modern day after, you know, painting's dead and all that and how, how you can push forward it. Um, or if it's to be about the environment, which I think is why, I don't know, I think for me, I view my practice as being quite holistic and there's, there's maybe a few entry points to a piece. I, well, I, I, I try to, to make that at least. Um, yeah, I guess it's just to start a conversation starter, which I think is why maybe my role as an act, as an artist is different to an activist because um, I, I'm not, my work isn't fully about nature. It's also yeah. about the discipline, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think starting a conversation is sort of I mean, like in like a really shallow, like not shallow, like um, like mellow way. It's it is sort of activism. You are starting to take action against, like uh, like starting those conversations. So I do think that is still kind of a the first level of activism. I think anyway. Yeah, that's true, and I think I think the best way is through education. I, I'm always so conflicted because half of it, like you read the things in the news and it's it's so stressful and so scary like you're like you know like Greta Thunberg how she's like you've just got to do you've got to act you've got to be as bold and as much as you can but if somebody who doesn't believe in that sort of stuff or isn't that isn't educated about it if you go up to them and are shouting that in their face they're not gonna they're gonna feel alienated from it and they're not gonna want to help or change their ways so or as frustrating as it is I feel maybe like a softer education is the best way of helping the crisis but then but then I don't know because then you're like it's so eminent and it's like yeah. ah because it is so pressing like the issue of like how we're going in terms of the environmental crisis as a whole like there's so many different mm. it. like the sea spirity that's just come out that's like shows such a big have you watched it I haven't but my brother's watched it and he he is very much yeah I've got my chips I've got my steak and he watched that and he's like I'm, I'm not gonna eat fish I can't eat fish after watching that so yeah. it's on my to list I'm on my to list on my list of watching but, um, it's very good have you seen it, is it good? yeah I watched it yesterday actually um I'm gonna really seriously cut down the amount of fish just for just because like there was so much stuff that they like it's overwhelming seeing all this like negative like information about what we're doing and it, it's it's often really hard to think how is my small change gonna really affect mm -hmm. the whole big picture but I think yeah. if everyone starts to make small changes that is gonna be a big big change um but Cambridge yeah. um Cambridge have just released um it's part of their festival um Earth Optimism um but if you want to check it out it's really good because it's all about like how you can be more positive towards changing the environment as opposed to trying to fear monger you into it. Um, 
yeah yeah it's great I mean like they were talking about Chris Packham who's trying to get a GCSE in natural history and natural world and like like children actually engaging with the outside world to try and encourage this connection to it um mm -hmm. which I thought was a great idea because I was like if you start them young you're gonna have more like, like it's more likely to have a change in the future from people from the next generation isn't it that's so true. Wait, what was that? What the thing? What was the thing from Cambridge called again? Earth optimism. Um, it's really good. I'm gonna attach it onto the exhibition anyway, so that should be available um on there because there was a great talk with David Attenborough, and he's just amazing as normal. Yeah, like yeah. I'm <laughs> that one. He's just amazing, isn't he? And he's just so passionate about it. And he talks about how we need to start having this passion and mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. like a tactile touch with the environment and that's going to make us more aware and want to change so I thought that was really interesting on that definitely topic. yeah I guess it's, it's it's reconnection and education I think which is the best ways of doing it and yeah. that's so interesting I'm going to look that up after this yeah, um, yeah wow. <laughs> it's really good I, I'm surprised like it hasn't been more that's the thing that I get frustrated about I'm surprised it isn't more like advertised why are people not advertising this do you know like why are like the newspapers or schools not getting people to watch this do you know like I found it all on my own do you know yeah, like, yeah, an interest yeah. you're not going to know about it which did make me feel a bit like oh I wish more people yeah. knew about this it's, it's pushing it out into the mainstream I think I think because the environmental crisis has been such a it's been in the background for ages so maybe people people aren't as interested in it anymore they're like oh it's that hippie thing I don't care for that I'm gonna I like, you know, I, I like sausages with my tea, which is fair, which is fine. That's, but it's, I think it's really hard to educate people on something that is so scary and, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know why it's not in the papers. It's very frustrating. It is very frustrating, definitely. So, um, what started your interest in exploring themes of nature in your work? Like oh well, um. I grew up in the Lake District and, and there's nothing to do there <laughs> but um, going up the hills um, and over the years, I don't know, I, I started to see the how the, it'd be, there'd be more flooding per year or um, there'd be uh, a longer, win longer winters or hotter summers. Um, I think I make work about nature because I love the outdoors and I think humans, I think we've lost our respect for that. Um, I read a really interesting book called Why We Go Up Mountains by Robert McFarlane, which talks about like the, um, the psychology behind why we want to conquer the outdoors and why we want to be up at the top and just, yeah, not necessarily as like a spiritual thing, but as like a, I've got a fast car and I'm going to go as fast as I can, or like a, I've got um, the biggest, um hot cross bun which I'm gonna eat um yeah uh, yeah the obsession of being like better and bigger than something else or like something like that do you yeah. mean yeah 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 that's exactly what I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is definitely like one of those things where it's like I'm the richest I'm the I've got the biggest thing or I've got the best thing like that's definitely definitely ingrained mm. in our society isn't it Definitely. And I think that's come into the outdoors as such as how, uh, how many mountains have you been up? Oh, you've only been up 10. Well, mm, you're not into the outdoors like I am. Yeah, uh, which is so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was so alienating. Of, oh, I've, I've got, I wear certain clothes. So I'm, you know, 
I'm more outdoorsy or it's just I think it alienates people from wanting to care and I think if you I think as humans if you were to put a human and to educate them and to have them within an outdoor setting I think I'd like to think that they'd then start to care more because I think it's it's through pure um not having the knowledge and not having the I think yeah yeah it comes back to the you know the the thing that we were talking about before about Instagram yeah I think people are very much scared of when it comes to the environment at least it's I've got um look at this photo of me here look at this photo of me on this mountain rather than it's like a perception of caring almost yeah 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 definitely yeah so how has lockdown affected your practice because obviously it's been a long time now um how has that like affected how you make your work um, I've realised that my attitude to painting and walking were the same. Um, so I read this book uh, by Susan Anker called Walking as a Social Engaged Practice. Um, I think walking and painting are both really similar. Um, they both provide looking, which is, increases grounding to a place. Um, I think that um, walking is probably, a well, well, it is a better way of connecting people to these green spaces. Um, and I think a guided walk is even more accessible. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've been doing a few guided walks, haven't you? Is that what I've seen on your Instagram, going up and posting yeah. around? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to be there to have a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a, well, it was a thing called Walk On By and um, there was different points throughout Manchester. So I'd do a little performance that would explore gesture um, and I'd use my my feet as I would a paintbrush or my hands or that sort of a thing. And then um, I'd write a few, a few lines explaining what I'd done, but in a way that somebody else could do the same and then put those at different places around South Manchester, which people could walk to. Um, I don't know if they're still up, if they are, um, go, go, go and have a look, but yeah. oh, it's a great, it's a great way to create access. I really, I really liked the idea. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so what would your practice be like if COVID hadn't have happened? Um, I think it'd be a lot less conceptual. Um, I think for me, I'd be my practice of having like a chemical side, um, which would be like the formalist qualities. What's the composition like? Is that colour right? Um, is that the right wood or does it look okay? But then also like the physical side of like the idea and the themes. And I think through lockdown, that side of my art really increased. Um, and then it's now coming back to the studios and making the chemical side catch up to it. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think that's the great thing about our discipline is how multifaceted it is and how you can access it from anywhere. Like you can, you can do a chemical science or a you can you can be a nuclear physicist from your bedroom table. I mean, you can barely be an artist, but I think art is more accessible in terms of place. That's not me saying that we shouldn't have studio spaces. Um, I just think it's interesting how accessible art can be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can make art like wherever you are. That's that's a great thing about art, isn't it? Like mm. you can still do that without having the professional like studying part of it you can still study a bit of art if you're studying something else as well you can still do it which I quite like that about art 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess you could study, that's a word, I guess you could study um, chemical science or that alongside, but I think art is, maybe maybe I'm biased because I do love it, but I think it yeah. is definitely more accessible. <laughs> yeah, probably me too, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how important is your personal relationship with nature? Um, I'd say... Bear with me. Yeah, sorry. Um, my personal relationship with nature. <laughs> um, I think the way we look at things is really interesting. That interests me. Um, as a visual artist, perception um, is important. I think when we walk around nature and we look at it, I think it, I think it's amazing how you can have a bird with a pink chest. Yeah, it's completely camouflaged within like a forest or like on a moor and um, how the sunsets, the pinks and the sunsets are so similar to that then birds and um, the colours of its chests and the way its flight pattern is within the wind. And um, I think they're the colours that obviously impact me within my paintings. Um, I also think the stillness and movement is so, because like you were saying, you look at a view and within that view, it appears to be still, but if you'd almost be like a camera and you'd like zoom into the mountain, you'd have like, the the grass would be growing and moving. I think it's so interesting all the different time frames that nature is, nature is on. I think that, um, yeah, I think my work alters, looks at perceptions of, of nature. Um, so, and, the, and how we look in the outdoors. And then I've then extracted that to a gallery setting. And I think it's a really interesting, well, it's a similarity of how we look at paintings of in a gallery is very similar, I think, to how we look at a mountain on a walk of very achievement based of, I've got the biggest painting and my painting is the most conceptual, I think, or my walk's the biggest. Um, and I think, we should question, well, well, that's what I like to think I do with my work, question why we should have a big painting on a canvas on a wall. Is that the most accessible way to get people into a gallery? Same as, should you be going on the biggest walk up Scarville Pike? Can you not just have a little walk around and get the same enjoyment? Um, yeah. Yeah, I love, um, with you saying like changing the, the way of your, the perception of like viewing paintings in a gallery setting like your work is really interesting because I particularly liked the fact that you had your work on like this like bench sort of format where you look down mm. at it I really mm. liked that that was really interesting to me because I was like this is a, like a like it's sort of a way that you would access the natural world looking down like taking different perspectives which <laughs> I really liked about your work I don't know if that was the intention but I really like it felt like I was looking down like at the ground or like through a microscope it was really nice I really liked that way of like transforming the way we view painting and the environment I liked that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh thank you I, I really appreciate that that's very very kind of you and um, I think with with that piece in particular I was looking at perspective I think as humans if there's something beneath us it makes it more accessible well not accessible but we're more comfortable to talk about it because we're physically like <laughs> above it yeah. um, <laughs> you're like, <"Whoa." laughs> um, yeah. it, was, it was based off like um you know say if you're at a car park at the start of a walk and there's always that signboard that's there and it's a, it's a talking point before you go on the walk of oh why is that look at that tree or look here's the map of where we're going um so that's what like the frame thing was um 
uh, was based off. And I think the painting is, like you say, it's like a zoomed in version of what mud might look like and the, the movements of mud. Um, I, I wanted it to be like a, because it's displayed like an information board. I, I would hope that it would increase conversation as to what it is because it's the way it's framed, like because it's at a slight angle, your eye is naturally guided to look down and then look up and then look to look out. And I would hope that that would start conversations. Yeah, definitely. So um, do you think that we should be doing more for the environment, to preserve our relationships with nature? Do you think we should be doing more? Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> our world is, uh, is dying. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's much. Um, I think it's, too important it's important to realize that we can't change the world individually not in a sense that we are all one and that our, nothing matters um but in a sense that it, well yeah it's like a butterfly effect or like raindrops if one person does it then more people do it and then you know you have a lake or you have a what's the things that the butterflies do Is it, what do they cause is it a um <laughs> it's not a tsunami because that's the water one I, oh my gosh. I can't remember what it's called. You just, uh, I don't, I remember. Hurricane, a hurricane. <laughs> oh no, that is so tragic. So I both forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I did geography at A level as well. I should, I should, it's not okay. <laughs> but yeah, I really think education is definitely the best way forwards. Um, and I'd recommend to anyone. Uh, the Lord himself, David Attenborough, and um, his new TV show, I think is really good. And also the Greenpeace website, I think is really good as well. But I think as an, I think I, I view myself as I'm an artist, but I'm also Anna a person. And I think my platform as an artist, I'm not there to tell people how to live their lives. Um, I'm there to provoke conversations to help. I think I view, my artistic practice is a more subtle way because I think my art will always predominantly and foremost be about art and about painting or whatever discipline I might go into in the future. I think as an activist, there whatever an activist does is always gonna foremost be about activism because that's their discipline. Um, yeah. Which I guess is coming back why great, how great art is that you can, you can help people with, a, with your platform, but you can also help forward the discipline. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm asking, I've asked everybody this, um, who I've been doing recording the podcast with, um, mm -hmm. bit of a surprise question in here. Um, it's uh, just a little bit about, because obviously we're talking about little things we can do to help the environment and like, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like cutting down your plastic consumption and not having not having more than what you need and you know like shopping sustainably mm. and all that kind of thing do you think art should mm -hmm. start moving into that sort of area should we start making art that's more sustainable do you think we should be pushing that because obviously art itself has a lot of like works that's use certain materials to symbolize certain things but they aren't necessarily sustainable do you think we should be starting to push more sustainable like make ways of making and things in art because it's such a complicated question no I understand what you're saying it's really interesting and it's something that I'm all complete like always conflicted with within yeah. my own practice because of course oil paint isn't the most sustainable thing um yeah. even though it is brought up from the ground with the minerals and you know the oil within it but um 
I think definitely it's always important to be conscious about what you're using while you're making it. Um, but then if your piece is more conceptual and you're looking at semiotics of it, if you want to use a piece of plastic in a piece, I think you should because that's going to like give out your message the best that it can. But I think it's always important to be conscious of what it is and why. I think if you have a reason for using each one of your materials and if it's if it isn't environmentally friendly, why why isn't it environmentally friendly? I think it's a it comes back to is is it yeah what the meaning behind each piece is. Okay. That yeah, that's a great way to answer the question. Yeah, because I always feel really conflicted with the answer to that one because it's really hard because you can't take away that core aspect of conceptual art because then it sort of affects the concept. So I always yeah. feel a little bit like it's a little bit of an awkward question for artists, particularly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's hard because it... Oh, sorry, go on. No, you go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, I, I think it... Um, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> on. Okay, so um, the final question is what impactful differences can we make in terms of the climate crisis? Like what can we do as individuals, do you think, or like any advice you can give? Um, well, I guess from a personal point of view, uh, what I've seen work the best is like non-confrontational non conversations, which provide knowledge, which are accessible to everyone. Um, I think if, I think, I, well, I truly believe and hope that if everybody could see the truth, they'd want to make a change because I, I don't think humans are inherently evil. I think if we were to, if we were to make people understand and to read in a way that was accessible to them, then we would have a change. Um, so it's just starting up these conversations more and educating. And then of course, also like, just be aware of what you're consuming. Don't, don't go crazy. Don't, you know, buy loads of things or have like, 10 steaks but you know if you like a steak yeah <laughs> yeah great oh thank you for joining that I think that's the end of our podcast today so thank you oh, very much for coming on <laughs> so <laughs> we'll just end it there thank you thank you very much thanks bye bye